This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Moving forward is, is the, the series uh, message, and the Lord changed it yesterday. And so I really believe that there will be some, some change in your life um, there's some things that we need to understand to move forward. And maybe you feel hindered in moving forward. Maybe you feel like you're at the same place. Maybe you, you feel like you're just standing still or you're even backing up. But, you know, the theme for this year is moving forward. It's not just for this church. It's for the whole body of Christ because God's calling us to rise up to a new place because there's a new fresh oil from heaven that's being released upon us to go and do exploits and do works for him because the days are short and time's coming to an end. But you rise up and you begin to shine and let the light come forth from you because I've called you, I've anointed you to change your world for me, to be an influence and to rise up and move forward like never before. And you'll find yourself not as you tried in the past, but this time there will be a wind behind you. There'll be a fresh motivation. There'll be a fresh inspiration. But most of all, my spirit will be there to carry you. And you'll not do it in your own strength and your own might. Some of you are going to get in shape this year, believe it or not. Some of you are going to get healthy this year. Some of you are going to get on the treadmill this year. Some of you are going to dust off that <laughs> equipment that you're hanging clothes on this year. And some of you are going to get so healthy spiritually that you'll be walking in the Spirit 24-7. It's a new day. It's a good time. Amen? How many want to be a part? It's for whosoever will. Whosoever will. So moving forward. And what the Lord laid on my heart. To move forward. You have to leave the past. And many times. We have the past hanging on to us. We don't even realize it. And it, it pulls us. It pulls on us. It's bringing limitations into our life. That we don't even realize. Many times are there. But God wants us to increase. God wants us to move forward with him. So we're going to look at uh, a few verses. But down here, stay focused on the past. You'll never move forward. And the enemy just wants us to stay still. He doesn't want us moving forward. Enemy wants you living with regrets, disappointments, sorrow, wrong decisions, Missed opportunities, things we felt like we should have done but we didn't do, should have, could have, didn't. Those type of things, the, the what ifs. Enemy loves to get us worked up over something we can't do anything about. You can't change the past. You can't go back and relive it. So we have to move past it. We have to leave it. And, and, and grab hold of our, our future. And your past can prepare you for where God's leading you or it can hinder you. And God wants it to be a preparation. 
a place that you can learn from, that you can grow from and walk forward into new arenas and new places than you have before. Don't be surprised in 2018 if you get some different ideas, some different concepts than you've ever had before. Because you are leaving the past and you're moving forward what God has for you. Some people live in the past. They're experiencing anger, sorrow, hurt, bondage for the rest of their life. But Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do. Now, if the Apostle Paul is saying one thing I do, we need to know what that one thing is. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you think about Paul. You think about, did he have some things he needed to leave behind? Absolutely. Do you not think the enemy was attacking him about his past? Oh, I, I wish I hadn't killed those Christians. He was responsible. You imagine ministering and somebody comes up and says, Hey, you're, you're Paul. You're responsible for the death of my son. Boy, you got to be able to forget some things, don't you? You got to be able to move from the past and embrace your future and what God has for you. And Paul's saying this one thing, I may not apprehend it at all. I may not have arrived, but this thing I do, I forget those things that lie behind. I may have some things you want to forget that lie behind. I believe we all do. He could have been paralyzed. So, well, I'm just not fit for the kingdom, but the blood of Jesus, that cleansing power. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sometimes you've got to look and ask the Holy Spirit and recognize where there's some weights in your life. These weights can come on you uh, subtly. I, I mean, just you don't even realize they're there, but weights on your spirit are there and it's causing resistance hindering you from moving forward it's pulling you down and we got to recognize those things and we've got to lay them aside notice who does the laying aside we do we're responsible to lay them aside God's not going to lay them aside until you make a decision, I'm laying this aside. I'm finished with it. I'm done with it. The past is past. I'm moving forward. And then his grace comes. Then his spirit comes. And he backs up your decision because it is his will. And the power of God is released for you to walk in the future, in, in the now, and forget the past. Hallelujah. 
By faith, we take these weights to the cross. Those things that hinder us. Those things that are limiting us. That are pulling us down. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 from the Passion Bible translation. It says, we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. And the sin we so, so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion. And determination for the path has been already marked out for us, marked out before us. God's already ordained what you would have you do before you were here. It's already marked out. But it says, when we let go of every wound, every hurt, everything that is trying to put us in bondage or ensnared us, when we let go of that, we can have passion. We can have it determination to run this marathon. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And we need to lay those things behind where we can move forward to what God has for our lives. Laying down the wounds, the hurts, the sorrow, the regrets, the disappointments, the offenses, being mistreated, being abused. There's always someone around that will remind you of your past, right? (laughs) Probably a family member. I know what you did. (laughs) Or we remind ourselves or something triggers a memory. And all of a sudden we're back in the past. Of course, there is an accuser of the brethren. We have an enemy that he'll bring up the past to you. But we lay those things aside. And we choose to move forward with what God has for us. Laying aside the past. Laying aside those weights, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So you run your race looking unto Jesus. Every time I read this verse, I'm reminded of a dream I had years ago. I was looking in a mirror, it was a medium sized mirror, and I saw. On the side, and the corner of my eye, in the mirror, I actually saw a robe, a white robe, and I saw feet come up. I got excited. I I turned around. No one was there. So I went to a big mirror we had in the house, and I'm there staring in it. Nothing. What? So for some reason then, I went... To the bathroom, and I got a little personal mirror. Now, I'm just like this. I'm just staring, and then I see the robe, and I see the feet, and I turn, and there's Jesus. And what do I do? I fall down at his feet, wailing, crying like a baby. I don't know how long that went on, but he lifts me up. And he comes to embrace me. And when he did, we became one. The body of Christ. We're part of the body. Became one with him. And he said, you never run your race alone. I'm in there. And it it changed things. But see, we're looking unto Jesus. You're not looking at the storm. You're not looking at the giant. You're looking unto Jesus. He will finish that good work that he's begun in you. 
He's not a has-been God, because he, and he doesn't have has-been kids. He is a mighty God, a mighty deliverer, and he lives inside of us. So that gives me peace. That gives me strength. That gives me determination. That gives me passion, knowing he's living on the inside of me, moving forward with him. If that's Jesus, say hello to him. (laughs) Keep looking at him. Our flesh has to be dealt with to to walk in the spirit. We're one with him in the spirit. There's a peace when you're looking unto him. And I've heard many times people come to church and they say, I had this going on, but peace came. Peace will invade your life when you're looking to him. And that peace can get so loud that it steals every circumstance, every conflict, every bondage, everything coming against you. The peace of God gets louder than your situation, gets louder than your circumstance. And that's when people start saying, you're in denial, something's wrong with you. Say, no, I just have the peace of God that he's going to take care of me. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to take care of me. Because I'm a king's kid. (laughs) His peace. God says we're a new creation. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says you're blameless. He says you're forgiven. He says you're more than a conqueror through Christ. He says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He says be strong in the power of his might. We have some things to help us run the race, and it's Jesus. It's our Father. For a Christian to live in regret and have disappointment, weighing us down, the past limiting us means we have not properly applied what Jesus did at the cross. Because he paid the price for your past. He paid the, pat, the price for your past wrong decisions. Anybody here ever made a wrong decision in the past? Some of you are kind of young here. Just give it a little time. We all make wrong decisions. We've all gone down the wrong path. We've all had regrets. We all wish, well, I wish I hadn't done that. But we did it. Well, Jesus paid the price for that. He paid the price for your soul. Many times we don't talk about that, but your soul, Jesus paid the price for those emotions. He paid the price for that discouragement, that depression, that oppression. He paid the price for the weight of the wrong decisions, the disappointment, the mistreatment, the abuse. He paid the price for all of that. And you can access it by faith and receive the grace of God. I'm saying that you can have peace and joy in the midst. I'm saying that you can walk past your past and not be hindered by it any longer. And that's exactly what Paul was able to do. What Jesus did will cancel out whatever you did. God has provided provision for you to be free from the past, 
free from the wounds, the grief, the hurts, the pain, regrets, past failures, missed opportunities, betrayals, unforgiveness. Jesus paid the price for you to be at rest and be at peace. Even when you betrayed yourself and you know you messed up, God is bigger than your mistakes. He's a big God. He's bigger than we know. Amen? Isaiah 53, verse 4 through 5. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. See, Jesus paid the price at the cross for your emotional stability, for you to be strong in your soul. That's the reason we renew our mind. We keep looking to Jesus and what the Word says about us and about Him. That place of captivity, those strongholds in the soul, in the mind, Jesus paid the price for us to be free and not to be in bondage. Miss opportunities. No looking back. There's so much more, Pastor, I could have done if I'd done this. Probably not. You don't know how it would have turned out. Right? We don't know. And you can't go there. You're spending time on things that you can't change. And then will not help you. A couple, and they're older, and they decide, you know, we made a decision when we were younger not to have kids. And then they're older and go, I wish we had had kids. Stop it. You're 50 years old. Get over it. Move on. And then you can have a couple, maybe, that says, why did we have kids? <laughs> we won't go there on you know, we've got two beautiful trees in our, our front yard, and they've gotten big, and I had to get them trimmed up. And I'm out there looking at these trees. I enjoy the trees. I really do. But to get these things trimmed is expensive. And I'm out there looking at these trees. I do enjoy the trees, but I was complaining. Oh, these trees, they have to be trimmed. One was coming on top of the roof. Yeah, they have to be trimmed up. I looked over at my neighbor's yard. His yard is beautiful. Just beautiful. Has no trees now. He's just got the small, he's got the little landscaping. Just beautiful. And I'm thinking, wow. It's, so, it's simple to take care of. It's just beautiful. And this is the truth. It wasn't a few minutes later, my neighbor comes out. He's a big man. He's got his two little bee dogs. <laughs> Peanut and what's the other one, Ellen? Jake. It's a sight to see. And he comes down and he's looking at the trees there now. They've, been, they've gotten a haircut and a half, you know. And he's looking and he goes, you know, I so enjoy these trees and the shade that they give. 
He's going on and on about my trees I was just complaining about, you know. He said, I so wish we had planted trees years ago. And I, I very weakly said, well, there is a maintenance sign. <laughs> I, I'm, what I'm telling you, we all face this type thing. It doesn't matter which way you go. The what ifs are there. Oh, I was such a great football player. I know if I hadn't had that coach, I could have played in the NFL. Probably not. <laughs> the odds are against you. It may not turn out the way that you think. In fact, watching the NFL, I think you made the right decision to go down a different career path. Or basketball. I want you to know I could hit every shot if there was just a little bit of daylight. Steph Curry has nothing on me. And the Grizz needed me. And I was watching their season, and I was just thinking back. What could have been? Not. Or I used to joke when the Olympics were coming on, somebody say, how's it going? I said, I'm training for the Olympics four years from now. <laughs> you know, we have a, a, a lie in America. That is, you can do anything you want to do. And it's, it's not true. Really, it's not true. If you are 40 years old, fat and bald, you will not be on the Olympic gymnast team. It's not going to happen. And I don't know why I said bald. I apologize. I don't know why that came out. I apologize. But you're not going to the Olympics and don't even, we don't want to see you in the Olympics. Don't even think about those tights. Don't go there. It's not, it's not going to happen. But the truth is, here's the truth. You can be anything God wants you to be. I believe that's the truth. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And how many churches, you know, I've gone to other churches and, you know, just because you want to be a singer doesn't make you a singer. It just don't. Now, we all sing. We all sing to the Lord. But I heard me one time. The mic was on. Everybody was singing. I was singing. It did me. I, that was it. I thought I sounded much better than what I heard on that recording. <laughs> I think Rob had heard it. I think one of the kids, I don't know, said, who is that? <laughs> what is that noise? <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Now, when I get to heaven, you'll hear me. <laughs> what am I saying? Everyone 
thinks they have missed opportunities, and we do have missed opportunities. All of us have made mistakes. There's no, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all needed a Savior. We all needed Jesus. If only I could have married, not married this guy. Or if only I didn't have this boss, this job. Only if I chose this path. Whatever. Forget it. Just move on. Forget your past. And don't let your past be an anchor to you. Apply his sacrifice, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness to your life. Apply the cross. Lay down the weights. Lay down the sin. Apply the blood to your life. And rise up and walk in newness of life of a new destination. Because you can't go back and live the past, but you can live your future. You can live for now. And you can make today count. Learn from your past. Don't repeat the same things, the same mistakes. Learn from it. And move forward. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Only God can heal the brokenhearted, but he's a healer. He heals the brokenhearted. He brings liberty to the oppressed. He brings freedom to the discouraged, the depressed. We can move forward with God. My life is not to be some country music song of agony and despair and depression. I'm to move on, keeping my eyes on Jesus, my eyes on him. You know, we have a few things to be very glad about Romans 12 verse 9 love must be completely sincere hate was evil hold on to what is good love one another warmly as Christians be eager to show respect for one another work hard do not be lazy serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion let your hope keep you joyful let your hope Keep you joyful. Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. We all face troubles. We all face issues. But you have a hope in God. You have a confident expectation of what God has promised is yes and amen in Christ. And you keep your eyes on him. And it's to cause joy within you to be stirred up. There's a joy unspeakable and full of glory within our spirit. In fact, it's called one of the fruit of the spirit, joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we need joy. And you know, I was thinking in preparing this that when uh, Rob and I went to Kenya, went to Africa, and the kids, I mean, these people didn't have anything. But they were so joyful. They were happy. They didn't know they didn't have anything. They didn't know they couldn't play video games. And they had no cell phone. All these, these things that we enjoy, they don't have. Yet they were full of joy. It's not your circumstances. 
It's not what's around you, it's what's in you. It's what's in you. So we keep our eyes on the Lord and our confidence and our trust in Him. And once again, I'm not saying you don't go through some things. We do. Confident expectation in the Lord. And I I love that song, His Overwhelming, Never-Ending, Reckless Love of God. When I keep my eyes on His love for me, and that I'm in His hands, there's peace and there's joy. Joy goes beyond happiness. And, I'm, and this is just an introduction. I'm going to go deeper into this and show you how to get over uh, discouragement and, and to walk out some things. But there's a joy that stirs deep within us of every believer that you can tap into. And it's not about your circumstance or what's going on around you. It's much deeper and stronger than that. Amen? And Jesus paid the price for you to experience his joy. He paid a a heavy-duty price for you to have joy. And I want him to get everything he paid for. I want to honor him by getting everything that he paid for. Amen? I had a tough time years ago. I, I felt like I was supposed to go to Bible college. And I, I went uh, to the pastor, um, and he said, you don't need to go. And he said, because um, chief minister at the time said, you've studied, and the, the things that you would get there, you, you know. And uh, it just, I, I felt like I was supposed to go. I'd talk with Ellen, and she was uh, right there. I said, sure. And, and I was, I, I let it go, but this memory would mess with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It would mess with me. Now, I'd be thinking, I, I should have went. I should have did this. Until it got to the point the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I was preparing you all along. That you were in my school. You were being prepared. And you submitted to authority. Let it go. Let it go. So, interesting that um, the church I was in decided to start a Bible college. And the instructor met with me. He said, if you'll teach classes, I will give you credit for the classes that you teach. And because I've been youth pastor, they gave me um, several courses, you know, credit. And he said, if you'll teach, I'll give you credit for the classes that you teach. So, well, that's a deal. So I did that. I wound up getting uh, my bachelor's in theology. I got a master's in theology. And I'm thinking back to I wanted to go to Bible college and what a better deal I got. I got to teach in the Bible college and get credit for it. And it was in my heart. So when I pastor, I want to have a Bible college. And then Dr. Leon comes and boom, there it is. And we have 
Harvest School of Ministry. For those that want to get with it and go forward and for more, and I'm, I'm so excited that we have our school. So I went from wanting to go to school to being an instructor in school, getting my degree as I instruct, and now I have a Bible school. Just maybe God knows what he's doing. <laughs> maybe we just need to trust him. Maybe you're not out of season. Maybe you're just in season. Maybe you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're just trusting him. And I thought about later some of the things that will happen if we went to that Bible college and the Lord showed me, opened up a veil and showed me some things. And I'm so glad, so glad that I was obedient. Amen. What you got to do is get to where your past can help move you forward and not stop you. And I like to call it redefining your past to where it's not against you. Because if you're serving God, you're loving him, obeying him, and all things work together for your good, you have to trust him that he's got your life. And you're obeying him, you're walking with him. So what I did, the Lord had me start redefining my past. And now I see God's hand in my past. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've seen it. You mean you were there all along? Yes. He was there all along. Well, glory to God. God is taking you on the journey. Don't let the past hinder you. Let it propel you. Let even that abuse drive you to love others and rescue others. Whatever it is, let it propel you instead of stopping you. First Peter 1.8 says, You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you not, do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward of trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. I don't want to settle for less. I want the unspeakable joy of, of the Lord. Why do we have it? Because we believe in him. We believe in him. You could be going through a difficult, challenging time. Have you ever noticed when you're going through the toughest time, God's not bothered? You go to him and he's still the same. He's not nervous. He's not really concerned. He's got you in the palm of the sand. He's the same. And we can be the same. We can keep trusting him all along. God is the God of a second chance. And let me help you with that. He's a God of a third chance, a fourth chance. I think more the question is, will you give God a second chance? God will not stop working and being involved into your, in your life. We got to move forward. 
what God has because God needs some people who know who they are, have moved past the past mistakes, have moved past the sorrow, all those things of the past, and are moving forward with him. Because there is a lost and dying world out there that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. And we can't let the enemy pull us down. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. Well, you must be pretty special that you're telling me the price that Jesus paid cannot overwhelm and supersede your past and what you did. Because God says, my grace. In fact, the New Testament is a gospel. It says it's the gospel of grace. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So don't tell me about your past unless you're given the testimony and saying where God took you from. It's okay to go back and know some things in the past just for your testimony. But man, you're not dragged down by that thing because there's all of us could live in a place of regret, of disappointment. But we're not going to go there. Think about this in, in closing. When you look in the mirror, you have eyeballs on the front of your head. Have you ever noticed that? They're not in the back. Ears are forward to listen to God and his word. They're not backwards. You're not. And that teaches us not to listen to those that talk behind your back. <laughs> but to listen to God and his voice and his word. God created you with arms to reach forward. Now, you can reach backwards, but it doesn't work as, as well as forward. Everybody agree? <laughs> feet. What about your feet? They're on your ankles. Notice that your feet are not on the back side. They're on the front side for you to move forward. There's only one piece or part of your anatomy that's on the back. And you're sitting on it. Why did God put that on the back? Because there are some things you need to leave behind. And move forward. And when you leave behind those things, you can fertilize your future. Shouldn't have done it. Never mind. <laughs> Look at the end of your notes quickly. I liked it. A couple of us did. Okay. <laughs> moving forward. Number one, staying focused on the past will hinder me from moving forward. Number two, by faith, I apply the finished work of the cross to my past and receive freedom to move forward. Number three, keeping my confident expectation in God and remembering his great love for me will cause, cause his joy to flood my soul. It really does. Number four, I need to redefine my past until it starts to work for me, not against me. Because God redeems your past and will use it for good. Number five, my freedom and joy is not based on my efforts, but is God's blood-bought gift to me. Amen? Let's bow our heads.
if today you never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, it's the most important decision that you can make. What will you do with Jesus Christ? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of decision. If you're not chosen him, you need to make that choice today. It's the greatest decision that you can make in this life. Jesus died for you. He paid the price for you to be a part of the family of God. What do I have to do to earn this right? Nothing but believe and trust him for your eternal life. Maybe you prayed this prayer before, but you know you're not right with God. And today you need to get right with him. If that's you, I want you to get in on this invitation also. So right now, I want you to lift your hand if you want prayer. You say, that's me. I'm not right with God. I need to get right. Or I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Let's let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for paying the price for my sins, for my shame and guilt. I believe you were raised from the dead. I believe in my heart that you are now the Lord of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I'll follow you. Whatever you say do, I will do. And I thank you, Lord, for empowering me right now by your Spirit to live this Christian life. I give you glory. And I give you the honor in Jesus' name. Let's stand up for just a moment. I want to do the blessing that we're going to worship the Lord. So Lord told me to, to pronounce this over you. Just lift both your hands and receive this. It's all scripture. God has blessed you of all the promises of the new covenant in Christ. Being yes and amen. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus... I bless you with ability, abundance, clear direction, a controlled and disciplined life. The Lord bless you with courage, creativity, wisdom, understanding, God's favor and man's favor. God bless you with good health, fulfillment of God's dreams and visions for your life. God bless you with contentment, a listening ear, long life obedient heart. God bless you of his speech, a pleasant personality, promotion, protection, provision, safety, and strength. God bless you of revelation, knowledge, expected faith, and success. I bless you of goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. I bless your ears to hear the lovely, the uplifting, and the encouraging to shut out the demeaning and the negative. I bless your hands to be tender, helping hands to those in need. Hands that bless. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and gives you peace because of the finished work of the cross.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.